Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com and there you will find all the best parts available for your car or truck. And when you are done and they ask, how did you hear about us? Right locked on so they know that we sent you. Everybody, welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. Thank you for being on board today. A pretty wild day, and I know this this podcast is going to be uh, a little bit late, but uh, these games are a little bit late. So I guess in a way, it kind of all evens out, and I'm really excited, genuinely excited to talk about today's ball game because it was really, a, 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 or I'm sorry, yesterday's ball game because it was really a lot of fun. Tigers won. 4 to 1 against the Seattle Mariners their record is now 15 and 26 the Mariners are even at 21 and 21 uh, let's jump right into it and, and talk about what the big story was here Casey Mize Casey Mize Casey Mize Casey Mize was brilliant uh in terms of uh, I guess it's between this and the Houston start where he went 7 scoreless but to me this was his most impressive outing 7 and 2 thirds innings pitched 3 hits one earned run, three walks, and seven strikeouts. The only run that he allowed was a solo home run in the eighth inning to Tom Murphy, the catcher. Besides that, he was sparkling. Got into a little bit of trouble in the early innings, but was able to turn some ground balls and get some double plays, and that that made the difference. He settled in. He was absolutely brilliant, and, and I think I did a pretty good job in my postgame video kind of dissecting what made that start special, but I'll elaborate on it a little bit more here because, look, I think one thing we've realized is that a pitcher's success is, it's kind of like, it's got to be fluid. you got to have several pieces in place that make sure that that pitcher uh, can be as successful as possible. And, and to me, that means, one, the obvious one, the pitcher has to have his best stuff. Two, you got to have a catcher who at least knows what he's doing somewhat. And three, you got to have a pitching coach who knows what he's doing. And last night, the Tigers were three for three. Mize, I felt like his stuff was the best that it had been uh, since we've seen him in Detroit. Not that stuff was ever the issue. It wasn't. And, and unlike Scooball, who I feel like has kind of had diminished stuff a little bit over the last uh, year or so, Mize's stuff seems to be every bit as good as it was when he, he was coming up through the system here in Detroit. Jake Rogers behind the plate called an excellent game. Uh, Jake Rogers has seen Casey Mize more than anyone else has. It's obvious those two are in sync. And Mize, I thought, did a tremendous job last night of mixing in all of his pitches. And I think that is the result of having a really good defensive catcher behind home plate and having an excellent uh, pitching coach. We're still very early in this season. I understand that. But thus far... I can't give Chris Fetter anything other than A for how he's handled uh, these young pitchers. Now, of course, you know, these pitchers have to go out and execute, and we have seen on several occasions them not execute. But you look at how much better Boyd has been. You look at how much better Turnbull has been. You look at how much better Mize has been. It's really a drastic improvement. Even Urania, with as bad as he's been at points, he's had some really good starts. I think that is the result of having a, a, a 
pitching coach who knows how to cater to these guys' strengths. And last night, what we saw out of Mize, and really what we've seen out of him over the last several starts, but it was more apparent last night, is a pitcher who's not afraid to work backwards. I mean, you look at the strikeouts that he had like, let's just look at Kyle Seeger's at-bat in the first inning, for example. Prime example. Four-pitch strikeout. Seeger swings and misses on a, on a cutter, slider, whatever you want to call it, on the first pitch of the at-bat. Fouls off a sinker. Takes a ball in the dirt on a knuckle curveball that Mize was featuring last night. So you're sitting off speed at that point. You're thinking, all right, we know his put-away pitch is his splitter. I'm waiting for it. We haven't seen it this at-bat. Instead of going off speed, he goes with the sinker. He goes with one of his fastballs. Called strike three right down the middle. And you saw last night on several instances, and this is not a complaint, and if anything, it's more of a compliment, but you saw last night several instances of Mize getting away with pitches that were down the middle. That is the result of, one, his command being really good, and two, being completely unpredictable with his pitch selection. When you don't know what a guy's going to throw you, you can get away with pitches down the middle. And I think that's what we saw last night from Mize. Working backwards is a beautiful thing. We saw him throwing fastballs for strike three, whether it be swinging strikes or, or called strikes. It seemed like he really had his fastball command down last night. Did have those three walks, but was able to pitch around them got better as the game went along, and, and I flash back to Michael Fulmer in the summer of 2016 when he was just such a revelation for the Tigers, and, and you were just like, man, this guy, this guy's just got it. Now, of course, we know what happened with Fulmer with the injuries, though we are going to talk about him here in just a second because he was, he was pretty darn good last night as well coming out of the pen, but that was a time where it felt like you were watching something important every time he took the mound, and you really did. I mean, that was his a historically good, historically important rookie season by Michael Farmer in 2016. You've gotten that watching Mize, his last several outings. I mean, Eric Haas hit a home run in the second inning to make it a one nothing game, and the game was basically over. There was a comfortability to watching Mize last night, and it's a comfortability that wasn't there last season. You just feel like when he's on the mound, even if he gets into trouble, he's going to pitch out of it. And there was really, in the middle innings there, there was zero traffic on the base paths. I mean, maybe they would get a runner on first, First on a walk or a single, but other than that, it was clean, spotless all the way through. Gave up one solo home run in the eighth inning to Murphy. Other than that, he was pristine last night. The best his stuff has looked since putting on a Tigers uniform. And I do want to talk, before I go to break, I do want to talk about that, uh, not dust up, but a little uh, verbal spat back and forth where Mize wanted to face the order a fourth time through. He wanted to face Jared Kelnick in the eighth inning. Kelnick had singled against him uh, earlier in the game, but besides that, had looked, you know, had looked solid. I mean, it wasn't even some super hard hit ball. It was, it was a single in the first inning. Besides that, Mize had retired him twice in a row, but AJ came out and took the ball from him. They went with Soto. He got the last out in the eighth inning, and then Fulmer shut it down there in the ninth. And you could see Mize was a bit upset. He wanted to finish that inning. I think he probably wanted to finish the game, but especially that inning. And you saw Hinch and Fetter laughing about it in the dugout, and uh, that was wonderful to me. I have no problem with that. Like, good-hearted, Mize knows that Hinch is the boss, and I think that's such a cool thing. Because let's be real, a lot of the pitchers who have pitched here over the last several seasons have pitched here under the pretense, uh, under the idea that if they pitch well enough, they'll be traded out of Detroit. You know, you saw that from Mike Fires and Francisco Liriano and Shane Green. This is a guy who's a long-term guy. Casey Mize wants the ball, he wants to be here, and he wants to be a Tiger. And I love that competitive spirit, because you know, and Jack Morris talked about it on the broadcast last night, Casey Mize last year 
that was really the first time in which he dealt with serious adversity throughout his career. And every pitcher does at one time or another. It's about how you adjust to it. And he was, his adjustments were phenomenal so far. I mean, his last four starts, I think he's been great. You know, I had a three-run start against the White Sox where he gave up three earned runs over six innings. Besides that, I think that's I think he's been phenomenal over his last four outings. Last night, that was sparkling. And what I love the most, my favorite thing, is the durability. Because if Mize was going five innings, giving up one or two runs every start, I'd be like, all right, good, cool, step in the right direction. I want to see him go a little bit deeper. But he is going deeper. He's going six innings. He's going seven innings. Last night went seven and two-thirds. I mean, even if you are an ace pitcher in the prime of your career with a $300 million contract, it's rare that you see guys go that deep into games. And I think that is the result of consistent strike throwing and having quick innings. Fulmer was so good at that early in his career. And Verlander, obviously the king of that as well. Of Yeah, you're racking up the strikeouts, but you're having seven pitch innings. You're having eight pitch innings. You're turning double plays when guys get on base. And what that leads to is a low pitch count and a guy who's going deeper into ballgames. Nothing but praise for Casey Mize last night. And over these last several years, it has been tough to find anything worth talking about on this baseball team. Anything that you can convince the fan base is worth watching. But I'm telling people right now, every fifth day, if you haven't been watching this team, go ahead and do it because number 12 is going to be pitching every fifth day. And that's pretty darn exciting. An amazing outing by Casey Mize last night. Now the offense did score some runs as well. And we're going to talk about that in segment number two when we return. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. To get your first 5000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F. R-O-N-T dot com slash Lockdown MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash Lockdown MLB and get started today. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
And we're back, everybody, for segment number two. The Tigers scored some runs against Kikuchi last night, and that was one of their better offensive performances of the year because I felt like Kikuchi looked pretty darn solid. It seems like he's coming into his own a little bit, had struggled quite a bit in his first two years in Seattle, but looked better last night. Tigers hit two home runs in the second inning, a solo shot by Eric Haas, a 429-foot blast, and then a two-run shot by Jonathan Scope to make it 3 nothing. Eric Haas started in left field last night. With Wilson Ramos being called up, they are now employing three catchers on the roster, though. And this is where spring training is valuable, because they gave Haas reps at first base in spring training. They gave him reps in left field in spring training, and I know that AJ finds value in him as a defensive catcher, because Wilson Ramos, while he more often than not makes up for it with his offense, uh, is not a great pitch framer. And, and I've, I've talked about it till I've been blue in the face, and I've talked about how I've been blue in the face until I was blue in the face again, but the fact is, you got to do the most you can to help these young starting pitchers out, and if that means employing a solid defensive catcher and putting him in right field every so often, so be it. It's not ideal. Like, ideally, you'd want to have a solid defensive left fielder out there, but left field is not necessarily, unless you're an elite defender, that is not necessarily a premium defensive position. So if they just get league average defense out of a guy like Eric Haas out there, then you are helping Casey Mize because it means that you could put Jake Rogers behind home plate where Casey Mize is comfortable throwing to him. He not only hit one home run last night, he hit two home runs last night, including one in the ninth inning, his second home run of the game and another 429 foot blast. Uh, Look, I was skeptical about him last year and and I, I was very critical of Jake Rogers for not you know, kind of manning up and finding a way to to uh, be an everyday catcher, or at least a backup catcher for this team a year ago. But I think the organization believes that there's some potential in Eric Haas. And last night, he, he showed that potential. I mean, you don't hit 429-foot home runs on accident. I know everyone wants this to happen. It would be a really cool story. Guys from Michigan, I don't care about any of that right now. I just want a good baseball player. And, and last night, he was a good baseball player. Two home runs. Jonathan Scope, as, much, as maligned as he's been throughout this season so far, made a really nice play at second base last night and homered uh, uh, again. I mean, he's gotten the average of, and that's the thing. You looked at his numbers over the last week's worth of games or so. You saw that the average was up, but the power numbers weren't last night with a home run off of Kikuchi in the second inning to give Casey Mize a little bit of a cushion, you know, a little bit of breathing room to pitch with. Uh, that, that was a huge home run, and it's nice to see him hopefully get going a little bit here because I know he is still capable of being a good major league player. He's off to a brutal start this season, but the numbers seem to be to be rising, and that's a good thing. Uh, out of the bullpen, they didn't need a ton of work out of the pen because, well, because Casey Myers was just so darn good, but you did have Gregory Soto to face Kelnick there in the eighth inning, and then I was saying, all right, is this a four-out save, or is he going to be going with Fulmer in the ninth? And, man, this is where, like, the difference between A.J. Hinch and the last three managers that this team has had is staggering because I can assure you Leland would have stuck with Soto as the closer because, quote-unquote, he's our ninth-inning guy. Osmus would have stuck with Soto as the closer because he's our ninth-inning guy. And Garden Hire would have stuck with Soto in the ninth inning because he's our closer. He's our ninth-inning guy. All three of them would have. Hinch saw really two bad bad outings, maybe three so-so outings out of Gregory Soto and said, all right, let's, that, that's enough. I like that they used him in a situational role last night, got the one out that he needed. Then you went with Fulmer in the ninth, and he was really darn good once again. One inning pitched, one hit, no runs, no walks, one strikeout. But the stuff is explosive. 
and I think that there's been a bit of a shift in return in in regards to Fulmer's approach coming out of the bullpen because I do think that the intention uh, at the beginning of the season was to have him be a long relief guy, but I do think that AJ has told him, hey man, look, uh, the ball's yours in the ninth inning. Sorry, I just dropped my phone. I don't know if that was picked up on Mike, but I picked it back up. Nothing's broken. Thank God. I do think that Hinch has told him, hey man, if it's there in the ninth inning and we hand you the ball, go ahead and air it out. Go ahead and throw 99 with a 93 mile per hour slider because we're going to give you this inning and nothing else. And again, I think that there's some comfortability that comes with that. I've never liked the idea of having a guy going back and forth from bullpen to relief role. I think that that's where Shane Green finally started to thrive when, and credit to Osmus, it took him forever, but when they said, all right, look, dude, you're a bullpen guy. You're not going to be a starter here, and I know that might be tough for you, but uh, we want you to be our closer. We want you to be a high-leverage guy. And Shane Green, despite a really rough 2018 where his FIP was solid but the numbers were bad, uh, flourished in 19 because they said, you're the closer, man. Go out and get some outs for us in the ninth inning. I think they're kind of in a similar spot with Fulmer right now. The stuff looks as good as I've seen it. And that's, look, I I will say this. It would be an incredible story. It really would. If Michael Fulmer turned out to be an established, solid major league closer, like that, I, to me, yes, ideally we would have wanted to see him be uh, an all-star caliber starter, which is what he would have been had he have stayed healthy. But the idea of him being a lockdown guy in the ninth inning and a guy with some versatility who can give you five, six outs potentially—that's uh, very appealing. And I think AJ Hinch has seen the appeal in that because Soto, in terms of stuff. Probably has the most closer-ready stuff of any guy out of this pen, though, with the way Fulmer's been throwing. Maybe that's maybe that's up for debate, but you can't have a closer with a 1-7 whip. You can't, because every inning is going to be a roller coaster. And I know as Tigers fans, we're accustomed to roller coaster innings here, but in reality, if you want to be a good closer, you got to keep the whip down. You got to keep guys off base. You got to have the ability to have quick innings the way Hayter does, the way Kimbrell has throughout his career, the way Mariano Rivera did. And I think they're seeing that out of Michael Fulmer right now, a shutdown guy in the ninth inning. Very exciting, very enticing stuff. Uh, One of my favorite games that I've had the opportunity to cover since I've been doing this job with Locked On. Love the pitching performances. Love that all the runs the Tigers scored were on home runs. That's a fun ball game, in my opinion. That's a ball game that I love. So, awesome stuff. When I come back in segment number three, we're going to preview tonight's ball game. Spencer Turnbull on the mound for the Tigers, trying to build off of what was a really solid start, his best start of the season last time out against the Royals. We will discuss that when we return. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. 
go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 10-10 ball game on the East Coast this evening between the Tigers and the Mariners. On the mound for the Mariners is Justin Dunn. He is 1-1 one one with a 3.72 ERA and 24 strikeouts on the season. This, of course... Duh. Coming from MLB.com, Dunn had decent stuff his last time out, but he hung a few breaking balls in critical sequences that wound up cutting his day short after three and a third innings at Dodger Stadium. He has the best numbers on the starting staff, but he is averaging less than five innings per outing. That's kind of what I talked about with Mize, is that this is a guy with, I think, pretty electric stuff. He has the ability to be a solid starter at the major league level, but we haven't seen that that length out of him yet. We haven't seen that durability, and hopefully the Tigers can, can keep it that way, and they can get some runs against him early on tonight, and get some run support for Spencer Turnbull, who's on the mound for Detroit. He's 2-2 two two with a 3-9-1 ERA and 22 strikeouts on the season. Turnbull has struggled to string together solid outings since rejoining the Tigers' rotation in late April, but he looked his best all season in his last start, allowing one run over six and a third innings with a walk and seven strikeouts against the Royals on Thursday. It was the best outing of the season, one of the best outings he's ever had. I like the fact that he was throwing strikes more consistently, I believe around a, around a two-thirds strike percentage rate, which is very good for him. I mean, he has really struggled with that, and he missed more bats. That's what I like to see. 16 swings and misses against the Royals his last time out. That, to me, is what's most imperative. He has the ability to get a lot of swings and misses and strike guys out. It's about making sure that his command and his strike throwing remains consistent. That's what I want to see out of Spencer Turnbull tonight's outing. I think he's capable of doing that. His last start, just it was night and day compared to what we'd seen out of him over his last several outings. And look, he's he's a confident guy. And when he's rolling and when he's pitching well, he's got the swagger. He has like the, the demeanor of a guy who thinks that he can be a number one ace level pitcher for a team. And I think in terms of stuff, he probably does. I still have serious questions about his ability to miss bats and his strike throwing capabilities. But all in all, very encouraging outing by Spencer Turnbull last time around. Now it's time to I want to see two, three consecutive good starts in a row. If he has one start a month where he blows up and he only goes three innings because he can't throw strikes, so be it. But I want to see more consistent and it starts tonight in Seattle. Before I call it quits on this show and end today's podcast, I do have to say that I have teased an announcement over the last several days. That was probably foolish of me. I still believe that very soon I will have a very special announcement regarding the future of this podcast and regarding where I'm going in the future. But these things take time. There are contracts and things to work out. And when I know then all of you will know. But for the time being, I am the host of Locked on Tigers, and I love being the host of Locked on Tigers. It has been an absolute honor, and I'm going to continue to grind forward every single day, Monday through Friday, bringing you the best product possible, and that makes me very happy. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a written, positive, five-star review of this program. It would be much much appreciated. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody, and being so patient and so supportive throughout this whole process. You all mean so much to me, and you mean a lot, so thank you. From the bottom of my heart, sincerely, thank you. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers! 
We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts.